everyone. Welcome back to the Queens of Soul Short Podcast. I'm your co-host, Queen P. And I'm your co-host, Queen H. We invite you all to join us this week as we share, laugh, cry, and learn through our experiences as women of color who happen to be social workers. So let's get started. In the past few years, we have heard a lot about taking a holistic approach when it comes to caring for our clients. As you may or may not know, holistic care involves treating a person as a whole person instead of focusing on their illness or diagnosis. The holistic approach really considers the physiological, psychological, cultural, and spiritual aspects of a person in order to provide appropriate patient-centered care. What does considering all of these aspects look like in social work practice? Well, one of these approaches I've seen incorporated more and more in practice is mindfulness. Yes, Queen. There are quite a few modalities being used right now that weren't necessarily used five or 10 years ago. So for those of you who don't know, mindfulness is actually the mental state achieved by focusing on one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations used as a therapeutic technique. Now I know that was a mouthful. Mindfulness may sound easy or doable, but it can be very, very difficult to achieve. There are times when your client may be facing challenges and guiding them to mindfulness just may not happen, (laughs) or you may have to employ other measures. So we have a treat for you all today because we have a special guest who is here to talk with us about ways we can practice mindfulness and new methods we can implement into our practice. We'd like to welcome Katusha Gray, also known as Queen K. Queen K is a licensed clinical social worker, dash R, certified yoga teacher with 200 hours and psychotherapist. She graduated from Adelphi University in 2006 with an MSW in social work and received a yoga certification in 2018. In 2019, she became a certified clinical child and adolescent anxiety treatment professional. So that's CCATP-CA. She is now the owner of Mind Meets Movement Counseling Services, an integrative health practice in Lynbrook, New York, that focuses on individuals, children, families, adolescents, young adults, and adults. She and her team utilize unique and creative methods to help clients get the most out of their sessions, linking mind and body in the process. Welcome, Queen Kay. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, listen, when you got all the dashes, dash, dash, (laughs) slash, slash, you know? I love it. I love it. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to have this conversation. This is one of my all-time favorite topics. Thank you for being here, Queen Kay. Do you mind telling us a little bit about how you know Queen H? Uh, Well, we used to work as medical social workers. Let me see, about five years ago, maybe six years ago, we started out together at a medical social work place. Okay, okay. And do you remember how you and I met? The same place, actually. (laughs) Medical social work, which is interesting because I never thought that I would ever do medical social work because I was Mm -hmm. in the courthouse. I always wanted to do therapy. I love working with children and families. And as social work, we have our hands in everything. So I thought, you know what? I would like to know a little bit more about medical social work. 
and I gave it a try. I don't know if I liked it, but I gave it a try. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's the beauty of this um, field is that you can just ebb and flow through so many different uh, spheres. And, you know, so you can try anything and, and see if you like it. Because, every, listen, everybody needs a social worker. I'm sorry. I got to agree with that. I think social work is one of the best professionals to be in because you can do so much. It's such a broad degree and you can do so much. Unlike other degrees, like a master's in counseling, you can only do counseling. With social work, it encompasses so much more. So I would definitely always encourage people to go for a social work degree rather than a specific counseling degree or something else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless you decide that you're only going to do counseling. Right. So I know we've talked a little bit about your credentials, but if you can just highlight it and then just really talk about the setting that you work in currently and whether you work directly with clients or patients. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a practice. Uh, it's a small group practice. I started really with just myself. Uh, maybe four or five years ago. And then I saw the need to grow and I did grow. And now I have a group practice. I have about seven employees that work under me. And as you introduced, the name of my practice is called Mind Meets Movement Counseling Services. And that name was really brought about because we use a whole lot of interventions to help people. So we do individual therapy, we do group therapy, we do family therapy, we work with children, adolescents, and young adults, and some adults, but our primary focus is children, adolescents, and young adults. And what makes us a little bit more different is we really practice on a holistic perspective because therapy is not a one-size-fits-all, right? And the way that I practice, which is probably, you know, my whole life, this is what interests me so much, is that trauma, anxiety, stress, mental health issues, they're not just stored in your mind, they're stored in your body, right? And so if trauma and anxiety and everything that I just mentioned, if it's not just stored in your mind, how can we heal the mind without healing the body? There's no way that you can just uh, have talk therapy and not have alternative methods to heal the other parts of the body. So that whole holistic perspective, we are play therapists. Some of my staff are play therapists. I'm the only yogi, but I teach my staff alternative methods. We utilize just so many different methods of breathing, of movement, of play, of talk, on anything to help you get that, whatever you came into the practice, to get it stuck out of the body. That's awesome. I really, really love to hear that because we talk so much about the holistic approach. And then I think that there's not really a connection to the body. People say, yeah, we know we do holistic. You can go to a city hospital and they'll tell you that they're holistic providers. And then you're like, what? Take what medication? How often? What should I be doing? <laughs> and you don't hear anything about the physical connection. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Queen Kang. So I know that you work directly with clients and you have your patients. Um, you talked about being a yogi. So talk to me a little bit about how you use meditation in social work. And what does the holistic approach mean for you 
if anything different from what you just said? Well, uh, the holistic approach, it really encompasses that whole mind body. So I'm a woman of color. You guys are a woman of color. When we talk about alternative methods, people of color normally be like, I can't hear anything else. If you talk about yoga, if you talk about breathing, if you talk about chanting, if you talk about sound healing, automatically they call it woo-woo, automatically. This is woo-woo. This is not something that I want to do. This sounds crazy. This is devil worshiping, et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera. And really that's not what yoga is, right? Yoga has helped me so much on my own healing journey. And if I could just spend just a little bit of time to talk about my own whole healing journey. Of course, of course. Okay. So I grew up with a whole lot of childhood trauma, a whole lot of childhood trauma. And that trauma was not just stored in my mind, but it was stored in my body. I was constantly in this perpetual state of somebody's coming for me, somebody's coming for me. So I was a very angry teenager, right? So I, being that I always thought someone was coming for me, I was always fighting. I was always aggressive. I was always ready to pop off all the time. That was my trauma, me not making any connections to my trauma. Certain smells would trigger me, right? And that trigger would be my heart palpitating, me constantly in that perpetual state of what we call fight, flight, or freeze. For me, it was the fight, right? You come in for me, I'm going to get you before you get me. When your mind and your body is in that state, you can't function. You can't relax, right? You're always on hyper alert. I was always in that perpetual state on hyper alert. And then I started to develop extremely, extraordinarily migraines, really bad migraines, to the point that the migraines used to blind me. They legitimate used to blind me. And I went to see specialists after specialists after specialists. And the first thing that they would say is, here's this medicine, take this pill, take this pill. You go to another specialist, take this pill, take this pill. And no one never really asked me, are you okay? What's going on with you? Have you experienced any trauma like social workers do? And interestingly enough, I never really even met a social worker in that time frame, right? So fast forward to, I went to see another specialist who practiced in holistic health. And the first thing she said to me was, what are some of your stressors? And I was like, what are some of my stressors? Shit. Okay. Well, I got two kids. I'm in grad school. I'm married. What else you got? And then she started talking about, have you experienced any trauma in your life? And I was like, yeah, I've experienced so much trauma, sexual abuse, physical abuse. And once we unpacked all those layers, she was the first person to say to me, here's what I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend that you try to take a yoga class. It was a short little small white woman. So the first thing in my mind was yoga. Like, what is this woman talking about? Yoga. Yoga is for, no offense to the audience, 80 pounds, skinny, white girls that do headstands on their head. I'm not Listen, doing that. Ain't no offense. About? Listen, <laughs> I'm going to speak for the audience. Ain't no offense taken because okay. that is what many people were saying. Um, okay. And I would have been like, this white woman crazy. Okay. What's she talking about? How is it going to help me? 
I said the exact same thing. And she was like, can you just be a little open and just give it a try? I was like, you know what? I'm willing to give something a try because these headaches are really crazy and mind blown. So on the recommendation of her, I took a class. I didn't take the traditional yoga class. I took what's called a restorative class. And a restorative yoga class is dimly lit, right? And you're not really doing moves and poses. They have you down on your mat, right? They have sort of this beautiful blanket that is kind of wrapped in you. So you're kind of like cocooned in this safety. She put this meditative mask on me. She rubbed my temples with lavender oil and she played really soft music. She did some meditation. And when I finally got my body to relax, I woke up and I have never felt more calm in my entire life. And I said to myself, whatever that she did, I need some more of that Mm because that's what I want. That's what I need. And then as time went on, I started to think this would be amazing to add into psychotherapy. Like, how can I figure this out? Then I went to yoga teacher training school. And when I was looking for my uh, teacher training, I kept saying, I don't want to learn yoga to work in uh, a gym, a work in a yoga setting. I want to figure out how to add this into psychotherapy so I can bring this back to people that look like me and how to help them. That was very, very, very important to me. And then the journey began. And then once I started adding it into therapy, I never became more busier in my entire career. I know I went off on a tangent, but I no, hope that you I didn't. No, no, no. That answered the question. <laughs> that answered the question because I think, you know, it's hard because, you know, when you think of therapy in a traditional sense, it's just you sitting, talking to someone, and that's it. But even adding the movement, right? Because if you're an anxious person, you need to move, right? And even that restorative, because I've done restorative yoga once or twice, girl, I fell asleep. I was out. And when you can relax, that is the best feeling. And when they come and gently touch you, you be like, oh, mama, <laughs> you like touch me again. And it sounds weird, but it's so calming and relaxed. And it's like a, it's like a gentle thing. So it's like, why are people so opposed to it? Right? Because I've seen posts. I have a, a old classmate who is Christian in faith. And I remember she put something on Facebook about doing meditation. And she asked people, do they do meditation? And some people are like, no, because that's against the Bible. That's this. And other people, well, well, you can meditate on God's word. So what's wrong with meditation? And so, you know, and she practices meditation. And so she basically ended up saying that it just shows how close-minded people are and because there had to be, right? If you're talking about sticking to roots and African roots, right? There's time, right? They, they didn't just not do, there was, there's so many wellness practices from African tradition, right? So because now this Western culture brought you this thing, now you can't do that. You can't connect to your whole self. Listen, I'll go off on a tangent, girl. 
Yeah, I want to add into what you were saying. Mm -hmm. I think that that's so important, right? I think that we get so stuck and fixated on the word God. God mm -hmm. could mean so many different things to other people. Some people call it Allah. I call it the universe. Some people mm -hmm. call it the divine. Mm -hmm. It's whoever that you feel like you can have a greater sort of sense of purpose for somebody, right? Whatever you rear into your life that is greater and bigger for yourself. And my buy-in to people, right, is always prayer is you speaking to the divine, to God. Meditation is really God and the divine speaking to you. That's really how I explain it to people. I like that. Yeah, I do too. We're going to quote that. <laughs> That's definitely going to be quote. <laughs> Queen K, the divine is speaking to you when you meditate. Okay. And that actually goes into what we kind of want to ask you next is what is the difference for you between yoga and meditation? Are yoga and meditation interventions that your clients request? Or is it something they already are aware of or anticipate when they are seeking services or therapy from you as the provider? So when people come to me because of the way that I advertise everywhere, everyone already knows that I'm a yogi. Everyone knows that we practice holistic health. So it's not like shocking to come to the practice and uh, be breathing or doing some yoga moves or moving the body. So it's never really a shock. Now, are we doing hardcore yoga in the office? Absolutely not but we are using holistic alternative approaches, right? So for me, yoga is super important and it's a part of meditation, but it's not the full meditation because yoga essentially means, it's an old Sanskrit word. It means to yoke, right? We're yoking the mind and the body together. That's what essentially yoga is. We're incorporating mind and body. So if we're do using mindfulness, if we're using meditation and we're in a pose, right? So let's say we're doing um, a inhale, exhale up, and then we're exhaling down. We're mindfully doing that. We're relaxing the mind. We're relaxing the body. We're bringing the mind and body together in harmony so we can relax. Because what did I say earlier, right? That trauma and stress and everything is stored in the mind and it's stored in the body. So if you're mindfully moving and you're mindfully breathing, it brings the body together and it creates harmony for both. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you a Caribbean American? Are you looking for a podcast that truly speaks to your culture and identity? Look no further than Carry On Friends, the ultimate destination for all things Caribbean American. Hosted by me, Carrie Ann. Dive deep into topics such as culture, heritage, and everyday life through the unique lens of the Caribbean American experience. You'll walk away feeling more connected to your roots. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American experience. Your Caribbean American community awaits. I agree, and I love that. You know, um, just to touch a little bit on what we said previously, you know, yoga has its roots in Asia. 
yep. and was started by people of color. Yep. But somehow it was picked up by white women and claimed by them and owned by them. And so when a black person or a person of color would go into a yoga studio, they'd be looked at like they were crazy and like they were in the wrong place. So it's good to see people of color reclaiming those natural and um, healing therapeutic practices. That is good to see. Um, and, you know, like you guys mentioned before, in terms of prayer and meditation, you know, all of the religions that exist have some roots in African spirituality, the offering, the possession, you know, people in the Christian church will fall out, right? Oh, is that not possession? Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Um, you know, you have a prophetess who, who prays over you and can tell your future. Is that not something we've seen before? You know, the giving offerings in the Buddha, you got the temple, you got the altar, you got, you know, all right, so we give into our ancestors. So we're doing the same thing. So there is that connection. I just want to put that out right now. Okay. I got to go off sometime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I want to hear from you, because you said something and bells went off in my head. You said holistic approaches and you talked a little bit about breath work and things like that. So tell us a few of those approaches that um, you found to be like your core two things or your core five things. When someone comes into you, obviously no one method fits all, right? But what are things that you found that you can go to and that people respond? Have you found that at all or? 1000%. So the majority of the people that I see have experienced trauma, have a history of trauma, and they also experience tremendous amount of anxiety because I'm an anxiety specialist, right? So when we're unpacking in their therapy sessions and we're talking about some of the trauma and we're making connections for people. And I wanna just go back to trauma just doesn't encompass physical abuse or sexual abuse, right? Trauma encompasses by definition, it is an overwhelming inability to cope. And that could be a number of things. That could be racism. That could be being raised in a one parent home. That can be, uh, your father abandoning you. That could be being raised in the projects. That could encompass so much more. And I say that to say that we're living in a world where so many people are full of anxiety and full of trauma, right? And so when you're unpacking these layers in therapy for people and you're talking about uh, what started the anxiety? And then you start talking about their history. You start talking about family history and you start getting to know them. You can tell as a social worker and a therapist, something is starting to get off. Something is making this person triggered, right? Their body language, their movement. So it is our jobs as social workers to observe all of that. So our first response is always, so let's do a temperature check. Can you tell me what's going on? because I see that your face is a little flushed. I see that you're moving your leg. They will often say, my heart is racing really, really fast. And I'll go, okay, let's take a pause. Let's just stop right now, okay? We're gonna take some cleansing deep breaths. So then I'll say, take one hand and place it on your heart and then take your other hand and place it on top of that hand. And I'll say, you can close your eyes if you choose. If not, look at a point in the room that is not moving. And I just want you to sit here for a few minutes and notice what your heart is saying, right? Notice that your heart is beating really fast and that's okay. And then I'll say, let's take a deep breath in through our nose. 
And then I'll say, exhale it out of the mouth. And then I'll say, sigh all out because that sigh releases the stress. It releases the worry. It releases the guck inside of the body. And it activates that part of the nervous system. And it sends that signal to the brain that says, it's okay. You could relax. It's okay. Right. And so we do that for a few more moments. And then I go, okay. Now sit here for a few moments and just notice how you feel. And then they'll say, I feel a lot more calmer. And then I will say, would you like to continue? Or if that's enough for today, that's okay too. We could continue and pick back up next week. But then I'll say, I wanna give you some homework. I want you to start to begin to notice in your body during the week when you are feeling triggered, when you are noticing your heart rising like that, your heart shaking, your stomach hurting, your thoughts. And then I want you to bring yourself back to that breathing exercise to see if you can calm yourself down. And the more they start doing that, then they'll be able to identify what's triggering them and bring themselves back to present. Because that's really what this is all about, right? When we're triggered, we go back to our source of pain, our source of hurt. When we breathe, we bring ourselves back to the present moment. That's wonderful. I think um, people don't even really understand that aspect of just breathing, right? Because when you're anxious, you're not breathing. You're not breathing in the way that you, you need to. It's very shallow. And so therefore, when you want to get scientific, that vagus nerve, right, has been activated. And so we know that anxious people, right, when you're talking about, you know, trauma being stored in the body, people who are anxious have a lot of gastric issue, a lot of bowel issue, right? And they haven't made the connection between the mind and the body. So that breath helps relax everything, helps soothe everything. Right. And so that is important. And, and we're not here saying that you may not need a medication. Well, we're saying there's always other ways as well. There's other remedies as well. Absolutely. And so in your practice as a social worker, and I think you would answer this is yes, <laughs> you do, because we've talked about it a little bit. Do you consciously think about the intersection of who you are, you know, woman of color, Caribbean female social worker, and what role it plays, if any, for you? 1,000%. It plays a role in me being a social worker. It plays a role in me being a yoga teacher. It plays a role in me being a breath expert. It plays a role in my whole life, right? You're coming to me, right? And you're going to get these Haitian roots. You're going to get the hood. You're going to get the cursing. You're going to get the <laughs> jokes. You want to get all of that and mush it up. You're going to get all of that smushed up into some therapy work as well, some educational piece, but this is who I am and this is how I practice. And I think that's an important piece for social workers, right? Mm -hmm. Come being your authentic self. People will appreciate you more yes. from being your authentic self. Yes. No, I agree. I agree with you. Funny enough, and, and I, I was talking to Queen P about this. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, my Caucasian clients be after me and referring people. I'm like, 
I'm supposed to be here for the for the black girls in them. But they Listen. Be, and they want to send all <laughs> their children to me because they know I do not play. And so okay. it's just so interesting. But that's I show up as myself. So if you screaming and hollering in the session, I'm gonna look at you like my mama looked at me, short of grabbing your ears, because I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but look at you like, have you lost your mind? Right? Because why are we screaming here? You know, those are for the behavioral issues. That's not for the anxiety and the trauma, right? Or right. even when you're talking of, you know, to a client that has self-esteem issues, girl, you're the shit. What you talking about? Sometimes you got to hit them with that. I, that's my favorite. Like, I actually take a mirror, right? I have yes. this beautiful mirror in my office and I put it in front of them and I say, what you see? What do you see? And they'll be like, what do you mean? What do you see? And sometimes I'll sit side by side for them. I'll say, look at the skin, girl. Look yes. at that skin. Look at that hair. Look at those lips. We are a brown skin girl. <laughs> yes. That's it. Yes. That's my authentic self, right? And they love it for it. That's how you show up. Mm-hmm. It's important. And I think that that is important, even in the holistic approach, right? Because you talking about being the whole self, you're not being other than yourself. You are being your whole self mm-hmm. and bringing your whole self, because we have to remember about how we move into the world, right? How, what footprint we leave in the world. That's part of that mindfulness too. So if I come and I come to you and I'm working with you and I am not fully present, it's not going to work. Yep. And I got to say, that's okay. There's so many people that feel like they're ready for therapy. They feel like they're ready to do, stop smoking, stop drinking, but then they come in and they can't do it, right? They're not showing up as their full self because they're not ready. And that's okay also. That's okay yeah. also. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that's when you pull up on them and be like, tell me what you really want to do. Listen, I'm not mad. What you want? You want to you want to smoke 50 cigarettes? Smoke them cigarettes, girl. All right. That's it. That's it. But understand what comes with that. So whatever work you're ready to do, where you at, that's really, when they talk about meeting people where they're at, see, this is the thing, right? See, now, you know, I'm going to go on my soapbox, Queen P, real quick, and I'm not going to make it go long, but I have to say this. I feel like every clinician, every social worker that goes to social work school, they need to start off in case management. Absolutely. You cannot go to social work school and be uh, interning at the therapist and then just go into your therapy practice because you don't know how to meet people where they're at. You don't know how to follow through with people. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to manage people. They don't know how to do it. So that aspect of case management where you learn people don't like it, it's a lot. But I'm telling you, that foundation, every, everybody on this little screen here has done case management. And when you have done it, it makes you a better clinician if that's the route you want to go. Because I, I've had that mother that been selling her, you know, Watutsi. Girl. Right? To, to fend for her and her kids, right? 
But having all this trauma, having all these things going on and having to meet her step by step and her in the end saying she can't keep these kids, she can't take care of them. You here fighting for her and she's not ready, but I had to be able to accept that. I had to see that she had to do what was right for her in that moment. She was not ready for these kids. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't had and met people when they're at their lowest, you can't do it. And I know that's maybe off a little bit of what we're talking about, but it, it kind of isn't. We, no. We're talking about a holistic approach to Western thought process because the yeah. Western thought process is like, how are we going to get them to get to this goal, right? But the holistic is what is the person's goal? Where do they want to be? And if they can only go to this point, that's all right. We stop there. And if you got to come back, you can come back later. Or you got to do finish the work with someone else, you can finish the work with someone. But I got I can only bring you to a certain point that you're ready to be. And that's not a defeatist. That is a recognizing. And that's a great thing. Because if you're not the same as you were yesterday and you even moved an inch, thank goodness. That's progress, baby. That's it. We got to take those small wins. This Western society tells us, celebrate the big wins. Go all out. You're not going hard. You're not going at all. You need to be doing eh, eh, eh. No, sir. Not at all. And if we step back into, you know, African spirituality, if we step into our roots, whatever they may be, we recognize that one, one cocoa will fill a basket. <laughs> okay. Oh, listen, listen. <laughs> I will talk a ting in here today. All right. Speak the ting there. <laughs> <laughs> little by little. That's it. Yep. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like that's what yes. people, this idea of we gotta be grinding all the time and, and celebrate these huge wins and, and we shouldn't be sleeping because Beyonce and them don't sleep and they gotta. Beyonce and them got a whole crew behind. They got a team. They got a whole team. But we you need got to, you. This is about you. I'm celebrating that I slept all night. I'm How celebrating that? that. I'm celebrating that I was tired and I slept all day. I'm celebrating that I went on vacation. I'm celebrating that I had dinner with my children. I'm celebrating mm. every single small win in my life because life mm -hmm. is precious. Because mm -hmm. I'm about to say, I'm celebrating I got these braces. I had $2 to get these teeth fixed. That's why y'all hear a little something. I'm getting used to it. Can't even talk. All okay. Right. Go to make it happen. Make it happen, Captain. But what I was going to say was that, you know, expressing gratitude mm -hmm. and the way you express gratitude, that will set you up for a lifetime of success. Mm -hmm. People don't realize the strength and the power in just saying thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Damn it, I got a light. I ain't had light mm -hmm. last week. The light mm -hmm. is back on. Oh, I got water. I could cook a pack of ramen noodles. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got heat, electricity. Like just waking up and having fresh air. Are you on oxygen say? Oh, okay. Are you on an insulin pump? Oh, okay. Like gratitude for everything. Yeah. It's a way of life. Yep. Mm -hmm. So Queen K. We talked about using the holistic approach to our work. And um, these days, people are understanding a little bit more about their wholeness because they're seeing providers who look like us. Getting in tune with the process, finding words to ask for what they want, finding words to ask for what they need. What advice would you give Black and brown people, specifically Caribbean folks, to help them see themselves as whole? 
um, where's a good place to begin that journey? What methods can they employ? Well, I still think the going to church, because I know that's a big thing in our community, is still important to people. But I really think church should really start, and I know a lot of churches are doing this, they really should start having a mental health component in the church mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. They should, right? And they should be having social workers uh, talk about mental health. You can have Jesus and you can have a therapist too. You can have Jesus and go to yoga. You can have Jesus and breathe and meditate. There's nothing wrong with having all of that, in my personal opinion, right? So that would be part one for me. Another part is there is also nothing wrong with recognizing and saying there's something wrong with me. There's something off with me. I've been feeling anxious for the last couple of years. When my mother says something to me, it triggers me, right? And then I curse her out. This dysfunctional home that I've been raised in where all of a sudden somebody gets into a fight. I had an auntie like this the other day. She hasn't spoken to a family member in six years. And I said to her, do you even remember why you're not speaking? And she couldn't even remember the argument or the argument was something so stupid. And I was like, so you ain't speak to your sister in six years for that, right? So the level of dysfunction that we have as Caribbean and black and brown people, we really need to start recognizing that it's a trauma response. It's all a trauma response, right? And as a trauma response, we should be going to therapy. We should be unpacking some of our stuff and helping us have the ability to communicate our needs. That's what I see in black and brown and Caribbean people. No one knows how to communicate because we haven't been taught how to communicate. We haven't been taught that, right? So to see yourself as a whole person, you got to look at every single piece and part of yourself, right? The part of me that's at work, the part of me that's in school, the part of me that's in this family, the part of me that's a wife, the part of me as a mother. We got to look at all of our different parts and we got to start coming with what's the common theme in all of these different parts? Can all of these parts come together? Otherwise, we'll never really be a whole person. That's deep. Yes, very deep. I love it. This was wonderful. I think um, this is a, a conversation that needs to be had and, and not just one time, but multiple times, right? Because I think people need reminders. People need to um, just get that jolt of, you know, listen, see yourself as a whole person, right? And that mind-body connection, the whole mm -hmm. you, that's important. Yeah. I have to agree with you with that. I think that so many of us who suffer from anxiety and traumas, we're a different person in all different areas of our life. You're one way at work. You're one way at home. Mm -hmm. You're another way with your kids. You're another way with your... And at some point, you're going to be like, well, goddamn, who the hell am I? Mm -hmm. right? I'm all these different people and who actually am I? And mm -hmm. so the goal should be, as I just said, you take all those different, all those different parts and now I become whole. And this is who I am. I show up this way everywhere I go. 
doesn't matter if I'm a room full of my family. It doesn't matter if I'm in a room full of attorneys, judges, anybody. This is who I am. You're going to get a little ratchet. You're going to get a little hood. You're going to get the Caribbean side. You're going to get the yoga. It's who I am. I've identified that this is who my whole self is. And that's okay. Exactly, exactly. And that's important. And just just to give the listeners, just if you don't know, just to go back when you said that you had the doctor who came and kind of took a, a inventory of your life experiences, many of the doctors or new doctors are being trained in how to do ACEs, which is the Adverse Childhood Experience Study. And it's very important as social workers that we do that, especially um, not just with children, but with adults, because then you'll understand what your adults are coming to you with. And so, you know, when we say trauma, they have this big T and little T, regardless if it's big T, little T, it's all trauma. And so it, it would be good if you learn how to do that assessment for your clients, or at least some of the questions so that you have an understanding of their experience. Because just because like what Queen K said before, just because someone wasn't physically or sexually abused doesn't mean that they didn't ex experience trauma. An ACEs score is everything. And I yeah. highly recommend anybody in any sort of social work setting starts encompassing that as part of their treatment. Cause you learn so much more about your patients or clients. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you, Queen K, so much for joining us. You guys can get Queen K's information in the show notes, but we're going to have her um, go ahead and shout out her IG um, name right now, and you can follow her. Yes. So also, I just want to add, so thank you for having me on the podcast, ladies. I really appreciate it. It's a great discussion we had. I hope that this is very helpful to your listeners. Yes. So as part of me being on your podcast, your listeners can go on my website and they can sign up on my email listing and they will get access to a free ebook. So it's a short three page ebook. All they have to do is uh, put podcast mm -hmm. um, and it's a free three page ebook that really talks about mental health and yoga and it's a couple of yoga moves that talks about uh, mental health and bringing you into a relaxation state. Oh, wow. Exclusive. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that website, girl? Tell us. Tell us. that website. Oh, it's mindmovementcounseling.com. And you're going to scroll all the way down and it's going to say sign up for email listing. You put in your um, information. And then you get access immediately to the ebook. Wonderful. So please, y'all, go out there and, and grab that up. Yes. And you can also find me on Mind Movement HS on Instagram. I'm all over Facebook as well, mindmovementcounseling.com. And thank you for having me. Yay. Thank you for being here. Yay. If you guys want to connect with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at the Queens of Social Work pod or on Instagram at the Queens of Social Work. If you want more information on the topic we discussed today, feel free to check out our show notes or email us at thequeensofsocialwork at gmail.com. 
We'd really appreciate it if you rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.